Can people actually hear you scream in space? My name's Jonathan, and this is the Snakes Cast, the podcast for people who don't know as much about board games as they'd like to know. This week, we are going to talk about games that take us out to the final frontier. Games in space! Welcome back to the Snakes Cast, folks. Uh, joining me this week are Amanda McKnight. Hey there. And Michaela Anaridez. Hi. So, space, space exploration, astronomy, the SETI program, are, are these things that you guys are at all into? No. Uh, <laughs> I would say I'm more into space in the sense of, I really like Doctor Who, does that count? Hitchhiker's oh, sure. Guide to the Galaxy, yeah. sci-fi is more my thing, but sure, space is cool. Right. There's a lot of it. So, uh, do you have any? Is there any science fiction that you like? Do you tend to prefer fantasy? Or um, generally, I prefer more grounded science fiction stuff, like about future dystopias and sure. mega corporations and stuff like that. Yeah, cyberpunk and Netrunner and stuff right, like that. Right, 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 right. The Earthbound type stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, well, space obviously is very, very big, and I guess that's probably the single most important thing that you have to get across if you're going to do a game that's going to give a feel of space. Um, are there any games that takes place in space that you happen to like? Tons. Um, Gravwell is one of my favorites. Yeah, that's a good um, one. Battle Beyond Space, always always a good time. <laughs> Otherwise Chaos. known as Space Bumper Cars. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, I actually like a fair bit of heavier space games. Uh, I like Eclipse quite a bit. I like um, Quantum quite a bit as well. I'm trying to think. Mostly uh, the Empire Building types. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Eminent Domain's another good one. Oh, yeah, that's, that's good one yeah. More Empire Builders. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, question. Could games like um, Gravwell, or I'll start with with your stuff, um, could the games that you mentioned be just as easily set somewhere else? Gravwell, I really don't think so, because it is literally focused on the idea of us being stuck in space, and sort and of gravitational singularity. Gravitational, yeah. yeah. So even though I explained it um, to someone who was studying science, and they said that's not how it works. <laughs> no, probably But I not, said, yeah. well, in this game, yeah. you know, depending on the fuel is how it works, right? In the gravel mesos. Yeah. yeah. Sure. Um, but Battle Beyond Space is definitely a game that could be put anywhere. Would it be as fun? Mm. No, no. <laughs> no, no. A lot of space games can be translated like one-to-one to like naval warfare. Mm-hmm. Um, even I guess if you can make a point for Gravwell, like there is uh, some sort of sinkhole or like uh, a whirlpool, yeah. whirlpool exactly, uh, and it's dragging you in. You got to escape it. Uh, battle Beyond Space is just a huge, fun naval battle with I don't know stuff like that. <laughs> that that owes a lot, I think, to uh, to science fiction, television, and movies. Like in, with Star Trek, the uh, naval combat is yeah. the paradigm that they use. With Star Wars, it's World War One dogfighting. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, it's, even so, even so, they'd be, because of the fact I, that Star Trek and Star Wars and things like this and Doctor Who have become so big in our culture as a thing, uh, something that evokes those winds up feeling like it's in space, mm-hmm. as long as it still has that, that epic, grand... The exploration of the unknown mm-hmm. element, yeah. That's, that's what made Star Trek so appealing to me when I was little, for sure, so, you know, not knowing what's coming. Okay, let's take a look at some various different ways, and there are a lot of them, that board games have brought stories from space to the tabletop. Uh, we'll start with the, the, the most conspicuous ones, the Galactic Empire Builders, games like Eclipse. Uh, so the one that everybody always mentions is Twilight Imperium 3rd Edition, this <laughs> enormous, sprawling, take over five tables 
sort of things with zillions of little plastic ships and all kinds of different alien races that you can be and researching technology and doing politics and trade and warfare and all this crazy. Has either of you ever managed to ever actually play TI3? Nope. No. Me neither. So giant. (laughs) Whenever anyone asks me for it, I just kind of look at them like, ah. Why would yeah. you? For some, like we had it on display in the very early days of the cafe for some reason, and I never once saw it tabled. I saw it tabled a couple of times. Whoa. I, I think it's kind of what they call an aspirational item. <laughs> yeah, I'd like to actually play it myself sometime just to experience it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'll tell you what, it by the looks of it, it certainly does seem to get across one thing that you want in a space game, and that is the vastness. The vastness, yeah. Of it, you definitely do have that. Uh, you mentioned Eclipse earlier, Mikhail. Does 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 this space in Eclipse feel like like space? Does it feel like these enormous distances you have to travel? Does it have that feel to it? Uh, yes and no. Because there is an element of exploration to Eclipse where you're flipping over tiles when you take the explorer action and you find like a new sector of the universe that no one's been to in a while with some secret alien technology in it. And you're like, oh, that's awesome. But the board itself is actually fairly restrained. Like um, everything centralizes around um, the, I can't remember the actual term for it, but it's a, it's a big structure in the middle There's of the There's the central board. hub. Yeah, okay, sure. Ancient alien defense system. Yes. They- and whoever controls the center is generally going to win the game mm. because the center just offers much more in terms of benefits than almost any other space. There's so much stuff there. Mm-hmm. And then there's uh, there's tons of others like uh, Quantum, Ascending Empires, Race. I love Ascending Empires because it's got the flicking thing. Yeah, the flicky. Mm-hmm. Uh, the flicking little wooden discs across the table is something I'm always <laughs> in favor of in games. And oddly enough, it does have that, a weird sort of spacey feel that way because you really are, you do feel kind of nervous about flicking off into the wild black yonder because <laughs> yeah. if your ship goes off the edge, then, well... The sh- your ship went off the edge. It, yeah. it happens. Yeah. Um, that's, actually, that's a great point because there's a lot of calculation and risk involved in space travel. Whereas, like, most games, you're like, okay, I'm going to go here. I, I did it. Yeah, you're, 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 <laughs> yeah, you're scanning sure. planets to yeah. see what's there and discovering alien tech. To me, that actually does feel very much mm-hmm. like maybe the best space game in, t- in terms of a galactic empire building. Mm-hmm. Although that's a bit of a strong claim to make, given what else is out there. So, um, one of the earliest computer games that really brought a sense of, of, of the vastness of space was called Elite. Uh, it's from way, way back in the 80s, and this sort of spawned a genre called, that I call This Is My Ship Games. So I've got a ship, and here's a galaxy. I'm going to go out there, and I'm going to do stuff. So there's stuff like Merchant of Venus, Starship Catan, Firefly, Zia, Legends of a Drift System. This, have you guys ever played any of those This Is My Ship games? Um, not, uh, not really, not explicitly. Mm-hmm. I've played... You know, I was thinking about this when we were, ta- when we were, when we were sort of talking about what we are going to be discussing, and... Stormtrooper or steam steam torpedo steam torpedo is a game I just learned and I thought wow isn't that kind of like that except that you're under the water submarine warfare in yeah. a lot of ways is like is space, space warfare space warfare because you're in you're um, in a pressurized container yep. yeah and there's hostile everything yeah. inside you I think most of the games that I end up playing that are space games are more this is your fleet or mm. you know it's on a, it's on a bigger scale as opposed to being right in my ship like uh, like Battle Beyond Space yeah or yeah, or Star Realms or what have you I uh, there's a romance in having your own ship mm-hmm. that oh. can go out and pilot I really want to play Zia um, but uh, yeah because as I grew up playing stuff like Elite and so on I, I want to be able to explore that what I, what what worries me though is the the, the sense that when I when I do wind up exploring, I won't wind up finding anything all that 
rather it's just going to be systems and mechanics and stuff rather than the wonder and that, that I would that I would hope for in something like this. So we've got space fantasy games, which stuff like Star Wars, Warhammer Forty K, Dune, Starcraft. Uh, that th- these bring the epic feel of these of these sorts of things, and uh, but really they're just fantasy, right? Yep. Yeah. Pretty much in yeah. space. In space. We've got space orcs. We've got space elves. Um, We've got Stuff Goes Wrong in Space. That's actually one of my favorite genres because you're so far away from help. Uh, Any game where you're in space and, oh no, Mm. oh no, the ship's not working properly. So Space Alert, Galaxy Trucker, Space Cadets, Space Cadets Dice Duel. Mm -hmm. Have you guys ever played one of those? I've played all of them, actually. Uh, Yeah, I think I've played, um, I think I've, Played space truckers. That Galaxy trucker. Galaxy, Galaxy trucker. trucker. Yeah. Did it feel spacey? Yeah, it felt pretty spacey. I liked it. What brought out the? Uh, what brought out that sense of, uh, of of this not just being you know a, 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 a naval ship on um, the open waters, but actually being in space? Um, yeah, I don't know. I just feel like there's there's more components. Anytime there's a game that has more than sort of one thing going on, and you're doing a few different stuff. If you, I feel like if you set that in space. Ultimately, it will feel a little bit more realistic because I never imagined being in space just being like, well, here we are on a nice drive through space, you know? <laughs> it's like that you have all these doodads and things and all these other things you have to pay attention to. So I think that's kind of what, what did it for me with that game. Your ships in Galaxy Trucker can get pretty intricate. Yeah, yeah. You know, setting exactly. up shields and engines and guns and connectors and crew quarters and having to make it all fit into this weird, which is totally not going to be our dynamic at all. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's exactly. Not, that's that's oddly appropriate, really. Some of the best <laughs> spaceships are just hunks of junk slapped together yeah. with a hyperdrive engine in them. <laughs> Any stuff goes wrong in space games that you particularly enjoyed? Um, yeah, well, one we played recently and is kind of on the local game new release the shelf is the Captain is Dead, and I thought oh, it right. I yeah. played that one yet. Uh, and I thought it did a good job at like translating the feel of okay, well, the person in command is gone and. Aliens are attacking us, and stuff is just blowing apart. Um, the one I like it because it's a nice, good game where everyone's roles are clearly defined, and everyone can contribute to the cause in uh, whatever way they can. Um, I remember the character powers in that game being a lot more dramatic than they are in something like Pandemic. Yeah, they, yeah that's... everybody's got like one little thing they can do. And the captain is dead. Playing the first officer versus playing the janitor. Uh, the janitor is awesome. The janitor is <laughs> really, really good, actually. You need the janitor, as Dead of Winter can teach us all. Um, so, actually, you mentioned Space Alert, and I love Space Alert, because the real-time element just adds so much more urgency to gameplay. And the computer voice that, that talks at you in the CD, threat detected, yeah, this sort of thing, it really gives it a proper science fiction-y feel, and it's, it's, it's wonderful. I love it. So then we've got uh, space strategy games, which are like, I guess, more, more European-style straight-up strategy games where they give it a space theme. Stuff like Alien Frontiers, Mission Red Planet, uh, uh, Mission Red Planet, Cosmic Encounter. Um, these could basically be anywhere. They could mm-hmm, be. Yeah. But uh, I find Alien Frontiers, at least, does have a pretty good sense of you know colonizing this, this distant planet. With of the these... three you mentioned, it definitely does the best job with the space team. Because yeah. not only are you colonizing different areas, but you're also researching alien technologies that just happen to find floating in space, which do cool stuff. I do find, though, that any of those games kind of lose the space atmosphere for me, just because it's like I, I roll this, do this, that's done. Where it's it's not... I can't get as into the theme as when 
I guess you have all these pieces and, and all these very specific things that you're doing to try to, you know, maintain a vehicle or, um, you know, go and explore something over here just because of the way the board, I guess, is kind of set up because you're just sort of putting stuff around. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. doesn't really feel like it feels you're... It like, Yeah. Mission it, Red Planet especially. Yeah. Like, that could be pretty much anything. Anywhere, yeah. Yeah. Um, cosmic Encounter too because... When you're negotiating with somebody, you're still negotiating with them as having um, human sensibilities and human uh, morality. Yeah, you're playing with the yeah. players yeah. more than you are with the, the world of cosmos. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, but one way to bring a sort of a, a, a space theme is to go with a well-known space story, something like Battlestar Galactica or Star Trek with fleet captains or Alien, like with legendary encounters. Yeah. Um, those wind up feeling spacey just because we know the story. Yeah. yeah. And because you just get invested in the story before you even start the game, you're mm-hmm. already kind of ready to go because you're like, oh, we're in space and we're doing this and ah. Yeah. Having the, the, uh, the foreknowledge of what it's all about is a mm-hmm. huge deal. BSG could be skinned at, like almost in like a hundred different ways. Sure. But because it's BSG, we already feel like we're in space and we have to deal with uh, the threat from within. Yeah, the, it evokes the story that we know and love and that in turn evokes the feeling of being in space. So the game itself, as long as it's, it's, uh, it's, it's thematically well done, as long as it evokes the story, then the space sort of follows along behind it. And then we have the opposite end of that, uh, a very small but very interesting category of hard science fiction games. Have you ever heard of a game called High Frontier? No. No. Okay, so there's probably a very good reason for that, and there's also a very good reason to don't have it at Snakes and Lattes. If you really are an astronomy student, you know, if you're somebody who loves the idea of real space exploration, this is your game. This is the game where you're going to be calculating momentum and fuel burn and parabolic trajectories and all this to explore a system. Oh my. And I don't think I can play it. <laughs> uh, I'm not good enough at the methods, but... I can absolutely imagine it being like candy for somebody who longs for some real space exploration in their uh, in their board games. Some, some sort of um, astrophysicist board game meetup. Yeah. 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 I feel like I'd probably just instantly blow something up in that game. <laughs> be, I think we shoot this over here at this speed. Mm. Oh, that was really wrong. Oh, we just crashed into Mars. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Oops. Um, mm, after, Sorry, I didn't see that. There goes $50 billion. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> So here is what this episode is really about. What would you like to see in a space game that we haven't seen so far? Great question. I wasn't prepared for it. Um, Yeah, I I think that personally what I would like to see is I would like to see something where uh, maybe where it's something where we're all kind of... You see a lot of space games where it's about taking something over or dealing with chaos in a ship. I would like to see something in a game where maybe it's we're we're already on that planet, we're already settled, and now there's like what's the next chapter of that story? Like what mm. happens after that? And I also think we don't see as much of that in sci-fi. We don't really see like you see people going places and seeing stuff and sort of running away from it. But what would happen in a world where we decided, okay, so we're here now and we figured this out, we we fixed that problem, so then what happens? Um, I think that would be kind of cool, or also seeing something where we're dealing with both the inside of the ship and the outside as well of like a whole fleet. Where it's like I'm on the captain ship and I'm controlling this fleet, but I have problems inside that I'm also dealing with. I remember a game called Battle Stations, 
where there were sort of two boards. Each the, each ship has its own individual board where you've got players moving around, you've got security officers firing cannons, you've got engineers pumping the engines to provide more power, you've got a helmsman. And then there's another separate board where you're actually moving the ships around in space. Mm-hmm. And when you fire on somebody, it does damage, and you can actually see on your actual shipboard where the damage is coming in. Mm-hmm. And you can have boarding actions where you beam people over to the other ship and you fight space to space through the corridors of your individual ship. Um, that was certainly neat. It was it was kind of unwieldy and difficult to play because it was so ambitious and it tried to do so much. Um, what I love most about science fiction when I was a kid, well, I, was, I was a big Star Trek fan, was that sense that anything could happen. Uh, Star Trek Fleet Captains and Zia Legends of a Drift System both try to do this by introducing lots of cards where you, you, know, you go to a place, you draw a card, you see what happens yeah. to you. I'd like to see something more like Tales of the Arabian Nights. Uh, yeah, where you've I was got just your ship that, and your right crew, now. and you've got an enormous book full of all kinds of crazy ass yeah, science fiction things yeah. that can happen to you. Or I mean, like you know, maybe a party game that's in space. That would be kind of neat. Ooh. What does that look like? Um, something, something about uh, doing stuff in zero gravity, and... charades in zero yeah. gravity. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, something like that. Or uh, yeah, I think a storytelling game would be would be really interesting. Um, I was just actually thinking to myself. I don't know if you guys have ever seen um, Hitchhiker's Guide had this. Sort of, it was almost like escape roomy type style game mm. that was online. And what you did is you sort of had to go through and click through rooms and find things and and move on. And it was sort of a storytelling game where you were exploring rooms. Mm. Um, and I thought that was really cool. And there was also things that you could type in. And if you typed in the right thing, you gotta you gotta go through. So I would think it would be cool if if you could do some sort of storytelling esque game that had you know some hilarious components where we're all telling a story together to, you know, I don't know, like Once Upon a Time with Space, sort of. Neat. Sure, yeah, I'd buy a space version cool. of Once Upon a Time. Yeah, exactly. I think that would be there cool. There is the, really uh, the old, uh, from FASA back in the 90s, did a Star Trek adventure game, which was almost like a Tales of the Arabian Nights kind of deal, but you can only play it with two players. Oh. But uh, even okay. so, there's uh, space is vast. Space is enormous, and the potential for games in that genre is something that I remember back in uh, when I was first getting into uh, board games in the early oddies, space was a theme that nobody wanted to publish. If you went to Essenspiel to talk to publishers about getting your prototype published, if it had a space theme, they wouldn't talk to you. Mm. I'm just so glad that that's, uh, that's yeah, changed now. Yeah, it's done. All right, that wraps up for this week. If there's a topic you'd like to hear about on the show, tweet it to us at SnakesCast. We're always curious to know what people are interested in hearing about. Kale, Edna, thank you so much for coming. Thanks for having us, as usual. See you in outer space. <laughs> See you then. The Stakes Cast is produced by P.T. Douglas. Music is provided by Ben Sound. The opinions expressed on the show belong to the people in it and not the company behind it. See you next week. Game on.